Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Good morning, good morning. As we get started this morning, I wanted to uh, introduce to you a special uh, guest. Uh, now, Kelsey is not a special guest. Her and her husband, Tanner, uh, attend regularly, but who she has with her, this is Petey. And Petey is a therapy dog. And he is, uh, uh, actually, Kelsey is leading the way to us having a community canine therapy dog type of ministry. So if you have a dog or just an interest of maybe having a therapy dog and how that all works next Sunday on December the 16th from 2 to 2.30, come, do they bring their dog or just themselves? Just themselves. themselves, uh, But if you need therapy before you leave, Petey will be here. Anybody know anybody that needs therapy? No, anyway. But we're so glad that uh, Kelsey and her husband are, are um, here with us. But mainly what's stirring in her is she has already, Petey's already a dog. She's trained, uh, Kelsey trained to uh, help bring about uh, therapy dogs. So I just want to introduce Petey. So everybody say hello, Petey. Hello. All right. Thank you. It's awesome. Uh, we have a lot of great ministries. If you've got an idea or a ministry God's putting on your heart, and it lines up with the direction that our church is lined up. We'd love to talk to you. We love diversity. Tonight, 6 o'clock is refreshments. The program 630 is our children's program, Christmas program. It's going to be awesome. This whole stage will get transformed. It'll be a fun time. Make sure and come. And then one last thing, if you'd like to have your heart squeezed and encouraged beyond measure this Tuesday, a group of us joined, actually uh, Ace Hardware here in town a number of years ago asked us to do the caroling portion. They bring snacks and refreshments and gifts and Santa Claus shows up, but it's for a uh, an adult living center for special needs adults and uh, it's an awesome time. And there are some of us you can see, we've got a uh, accordion, which is our piano. That's Dorothy. And just anybody that wants to sing, come. You can bring family members, littlest ones you might want to keep close by because you don't want them drifting and wandering. But it's an amazing, there's a room, that's a huge room that we're in. But uh, be a great thing to be part of this year. We're continuing in uh, the season of Advent. We're continuing a series uh, that we started last week. Uh, Advent, as most of you know, is about preparation, much like Lent is for the Easter time of the year. Uh, And today is the second week of Advent. That second candle that was lit today uh, is the candle that represents faith. It's also known as the Bethlehem candle, reminding us of Mary and Joseph's journey. Uh, I found this, which I thought about faith is a great definition from Billy Graham. Faith simply means believing that something is true and then committing your lives to it. That's faith. And it says in the Bible, faith means what? Believing in God and in what Christ has done for us to make our salvation possible and then committing ourselves to him. Do you all agree with that? Give a shout out. I thought that was a a good definition. You know, when I thought about faithfulness or being faithful, uh, there's quite a bit in the Christmas story to remind us of that. The first thing I think about is Mary. And I think about it, we're going to look at some of the scripture here. So uh, if you have your Bibles, the first area that we're going to be in uh, actually is going to be um, found in uh, Luke. 
But when you think of Mary, here's this teenager, maybe 14, uh, a teenager who has been betrothed or who is basically courting. Uh, they're not hooking up. They're not dating. They're, they're courting. It's a, a, in a plans for marriage, and she becomes with child. And we're going to look here uh, at it. But I was thinking about this faith journey with her. Luke chapter 1, one starting in verse 6, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. Now I'm sure your spouse greeted you this morning like that. <laughs> greetings, O favored one. You know. uh, but isn't it neat that, that God can speak to us? See, he spoke to Mary back then, and how many know that God still speaks to people today? How many know that? It may not be old in this particular way, but he speaks to us. It's many times we just start able to hear him. But it says, greetings, O favor one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, what's the blue letter say? Don't, say it out loud with me. Don't be afraid. Can I tell you when God speaks to you or reveals something loud and clear to you out of scripture or in your quiet time, many times you're going to get a little fear and that's your flesh. That's your hope in yourself. That's in the plans that you've made, man plans. But when God speaks to you, I remember when he first called me into ministry, at first I was caught up in the moment. I thought, oh my goodness, I, I didn't, you dialed the wrong number. And when he assured me that he had dialed my number uh, and he was, could use a, a wretch like me. Okay. He already saved rich like me, but he could use somebody like me. Then I went home and ran for a year. I scared to death. I mean, I had four kids living at that time. I have four kids living now, but I mean in the home. Sorry. <laughs> My wife looked at me anyway. Um, but, but it, it's, it happens. And so we have to be reminded that when God speaks to us, we don't need to be afraid because he says, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, now there's a lot of beholds we're going to bump across, but behold is, hey, take this in. Behold, you will conceive in the womb and bear a son and you shall call him his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end. That's a pretty big statement to say to a 14 year old or to a teenage daughter. And Mary said to the angel, how would this be? How many have ever had the Lord tell you you're going to go do something like you're to work in the children's department? How can this be? How will this be? I mean, I don't know. You know, first of all, you called me, but now how am I going to do it? Or maybe he's calling you into ministry or maybe he's calling you uh, out into some occupation. It's okay to ask. It says, but she says, since I'm a virgin, see, it's in her mind impossible, but with God, anything's possible. Verse 35, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called what have you ever noticed that word before that child in the manger was holy it's the same holiness that we find at the cross an unblemished holy that it's the only one that's ever been holy and that's because god is holy and it's the son of god And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, was conceived 
also has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her so-called, who was called barren. And remember, this is John the Baptist. This is just six months early. So he's six months ahead in the gestation process. But he's saying, look, and look at verse 37 and read it out loud with me. Here we go. For nothing will be impossible with God. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to look at him and say, for nothing will be impossible with God. Now, I want us to speak it like we really believe it, because this is the word of God, and it's either true or not, and I believe it's true. Look at the other neighbor and say, for nothing will be impossible with God. Somebody needs to hear that today, for God is with you. And if you have God, and this is led by God, and God's guiding you on this, there's nothing that's impossible. Some of us need to hear that. I know that. And Mary said, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now think about that. I thought about that whole setting and her believing and, and, and just taking in this idea of I'm going to be uh, the mother of of Jesus, of God's son. But then I thought about this. This is my commentary. It's not in the Bible. Now she starts thinking, but what about my family? What about my social status? What are people going to think of me? They're not going to believe that it was holy conception. What's my husband? Will he leave me? Imagine a teenager. Imagine the culture at that time. Imagine the other faith she had to have to walk and talk in and bring that information to her fiance. Then there was Joseph, the fiance. And he's struggling a little bit when he first hears the news, wouldn't you? Yeah, right. <laughs> An angel showed up, right. Uh-huh. Can you, can you imagine the, the, the Facebook feeds and the Twitter posts and the, can you believe it, Mary? Yeah, you remember Mary? Yeah, she's over there in biology class. She's pregnant saying some angel showed up and holy conception happened. You know, right, uh-huh. Oh, we, we, it'd be crazy. But here's Joseph, and in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1, it says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, and that's before they had come together, that's when she was still a virgin, she was found to be the with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quickly. This is me saying that he was struggling a little bit, but he was such a, a good man, he said, you know, instead of getting mad at you and trying to throw you under the bus let's just quietly get divorced but God intervened didn't he verse 20 but as he considered these things behold remember that behold hey take this in that's what the the word's telling us an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream saying Joseph son of David do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and verse 21 she will bear a son and you shall call him his name Jesus or he will save his people from their sin. You know, think about that. What a great faith that he had to have to, to go ahead and, and marry her. And then the Magi. Now we call them sometimes, we three kings of Orient are they traveling, bringing gifts from, anyway. It, you know what, in the Bible it never really talks about them being kings or there even being three. They, they're called Magi. And when you think of the faith of a Magi, let me just bring this to you. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, here's that behold again, behold, uh, wise men, in, in this particular translation it says wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who is born king of the Jew? For we saw a star when it rose 
and we have come to worship him. Now, now I want you to just put your mind around this. These are Gentiles. These are not believers. These are astrologers. These are, these are people from probably the area of Persia. That's a long way away from, from Bethlehem. And it says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's kind of like double joy, right? And, and think about it. When they saw the star, that means they had for generations been seeking this, this sign of something greater. And there are many today in our culture that are seeking a sign because they know this, this thing that they're doing with, that's not with the Lord, this, this, this life they're doing on earth, there's got to be something better. Folks, there are many people you work with. There are people even in your family that are seeking something greater and they're looking for a sign. And you may be part of the sign they're going to be uh, follow to, to the manger. Your life, your lifestyle. But look, here's it. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. These are, these are Gentiles. These are lost people. They hadn't been doing the, the local church thing. They didn't know the behavior that was supposed to happen, but they were drawn into the presence of God. And when you're drawn into the true, authentic presence of God, you can't do anything but humble yourself and fall before him. Amen? Then they opened up their treasure. They offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. What a faith journey. I mean, it, look, Persia, China, uh, go this direction. When you think about how many miles they had to travel to get all the way over into the Jerusalem, Bethlehem area. Wow. A long way. Oh, come, all ye. Now, now the word, oh, come, all ye, uh, the song is all you faithful and, and the Lord convicted me to change that. And I actually erased faithful because really here we just heard about uh, uh, the, the wise men or the, the magi who weren't even believers. They weren't the faithful ones. They were the faithless ones. And so Jesus came not just for the faithful. Oh, come all you. He's, he's wants you if you're faithful to come, but he says all are to come. Amen. All are being drawn to him. All were the Christ child were, was for there's a psalm that I believe was, I, I really thought fit today, and that's, it says, oh, come. Uh, coming isn't driving to church, by the way. Uh, it isn't, it's a different meaning. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. If you'll notice, it says uh, to worship is also part of bowing down and let us kneel before God. When we come in to, to worship, it doesn't have to be in this building. I love that we have this facility, but worship can occur wherever you're at. It's when you enter into the presence of God and you begin to kneel and bow down, even if it's just in your spirit. And kneel before God, our maker. So many of us love to just praise the goodness of God, and that's good. Praise ye, praise ye. You know? But he says, for he is God, our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. When you think of this, and you think about this song, this Christmas song, I want us to sing it together. When you think, though, of what that meant and then what this song says to us, so many times we have Christmas songs, especially I believe this one's a meaningful Christmas song, but it's so familiar we could be filing our nails or balancing our checkbook while we sing, right? And I believe we're supposed to sing it from, from a special place. And so if you all stand with me, I, now if anybody would like to come up here and sing with me, we'll have a little quartet or a duet or whatever you're, you're welcome to, or you can just be congregational. But let's sing this. I, I'd like us to... Uh, 
To think about it, though, as we sing it, is if you were telling somebody about this story. That truly you were on a journey and you were going to wind up in the presence of God. The true, real presence of God. And you're singing it as if you're communicating it to someone. So I want you to look around a little bit as you're singing, like you really believe it. And let's sing it in that nature, okay? That sound good? Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Here we go, a little louder. Here we go. Oh, sing choirs of angels, sing in exultation. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Here we go. Come. Amen. You may be seated. Wow. You know, when we think of that song, we think of it being a public song, but it's also a private one. It's individual. It's personal. We've, we are invited, all of us. And every person is invited, but think about what gets in the way. This year, we, we've been invited as always. But what gets in the way? And I just repeated myself on purpose. What gets in the way? Could it be distance? It's just a long distance. You know, uh, you invite somebody from work and you say, hey, if you don't have a church, come up. I go to community church or I go work. Hey, and they go, well, you know, Guthrie's a long way from Edmond. I don't know if I could drive all that way. And you can say, well, I live in Edmond, but because you know, well, it's a long way. Distance, right? Or maybe it's from the couch to the car or something. It's too far. I just, you know, it's a long way. What else gets in the way? Is it lack of money gets in the way of you in the manger? Is it social status? I'm just not able to go to that church. You know, that's, a, that's kind of a nice church, and I'm just not in a nice way right now. Maybe it's shame. 
Do you feel sometimes like there are walls? Walls separating you from what Christ is calling you to. Things that have delayed you getting there. I believe there is. I, I think there are times that the, these, these, these separations. Think of the Magi. The Magi, they're, they're coming to Jerusalem. They're looking for a child. And the child is worthy of worship. They're coming to that. And let me just say this. If they had stopped by the temple that day, They'd have been surprised at their welcome. They'd been shocked because, see, they're Gentiles. They're those magicians or the, uh, the people. And, and, and they would be saying, where is the Christ? And they say, no, I'm sorry, you can't come any further. You've got to stay in the outer courts or be subject to death because you're a Gentile. Imagine that. Somebody seeking, searching for God, different, but being rejected. Signs on the wall, you know, uh, sometimes we, we have verbal things that come out of us and sometimes nonverbal. Uh, some churches in the, uh, I won't say in this area, but there are some churches that are, that are cold versus being friendly. Some, some churches are, are closed versus open, and, and some churches are judgmental. I know that's a shocker, versus being full of grace. I love this body of believers. I love this body believers because we invite all who seek the Lord to come on in. I don't care what their background is. I don't care. And, and I know you all don't either what sin they're currently in, whether they're saved or whether they're lost. We're going to, we're going to follow Jesus model of who he embraced. You know, he embraced soldiers and commoners and saved people and tax collectors, collectors and prostitutes and believers and sinners of all kinds. That's who we model after, amen? amen? What a beautiful thing. If they're seeking the Lord, come on in. Oh, come. Oh, come ye. The, the Magi were foreigners. They were non-believers. They were astrologers, as I mentioned. Sorcerers, magicians, some were named. But they were drawn to the manger. Folks, there are many who are drawn to the manger, and we must make sure we're not part of the walls that keep them from finding the Christ child this year. The Magi came to worship, not just praise. Praise means looking up. Praise is celebrating, and, and that's a good thing. And, but worship is this bowing down, submitting ourselves before something greater. Days later, this, the Magi, they're traveling to Bethlehem, and as the Magi stepped into the presence of Jesus, hear that, they stepped into the presence of of Jesus and began to experience worship in a way that only the temple visitors could only anticipate. The temple's just down the way, and yet here they are in a stall at the manger in the presence of God. The Magi drew near to Jesus, and it was like stepping into the most holy place of the temple, the heavenly throne room of God. And as they entered the presence of the Christ child, as we enter and worship and especially enter into the presence of God, we're not only to praise him, praise him, Jesus, our blessed redeemer. That's a great song, but we're to worship him. And this Christmas, we're called to the manger, not just to praise him for being a great baby that brought about a great Christmas tree and a lot of great gifts and one day died for you and I, and that's all wonderful, but we're to be humbled before him, 
that God would send his only begotten son for you and for me. The Holy One, the Prince of Peace, my peace, your peace. Oh, come, let us adore him. Adoration. Adoration is first and foremost an attitude of the heart. Words are no substitute for what's down in your heart. The part, really, of us that no one sees is what's most important to the Lord himself. Jesus told the woman of Samaria that the time had come when worship was not a matter of location, but it was to be done in spirit and in truth. That's why this is a great place to worship. But are you worshiping him on Monday? Are you worshiping him on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday? Do you have to have a certain setting and music and, and conditions? Or is your tender, as one of our, our elders says, is your tender always dry waiting to worship him? Oh, come, all ye. Oh, come. There's such talk in the church world of traditional service versus contemporary service. But the real question of worship is whether it's from the mouth or from the heart. This Christmas, we may we all come to the manger. May we, may we enter the presence of God. Amen. And may we experience the throne room of the king. That's really the Christmas God wants for you and wants for me. Yes, should we praise him? Absolutely. But we should also worship and bow down and kneel before the Lord our God and we are to adore him. Adore him openly. Adore him humbly and honestly. And we're, we want the walls to come down. He already knows what we deal with. He already knows what's going on. And yet, as we gather before him, we have to come in honest transparency before him. That's worship, folks. We have a special video today. And there's going to be some statements in this video that you may, um, may cause you to think of someone that you know. Someone that is dealing with something. Some, one of these statements may stir that up in you. Or, or maybe it's something that it's impressed in you. These are things that separate people from the manger. Separate people from finding Christ in the presence of him this year. I would just say that if something touches your heart in this video, that that's God. That's the Spirit speaking to you. At the end of this video, I'm going to have a stand and we'll pray over uh, us and what God is up to, but I'd like you to turn your attention now to this video and let's see what God's up to in our conclusion. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. 
of angels Oh come let us adore him Oh come let us adore him Oh come let us adore him Christ the Lord For he alone is worthy For he alone is worthy For he you to think about what you just saw and if did the Lord touch you in any way on any one of those things it may be for somebody that you know an adult child or a friend or somebody you work with it, it, it may have been for you what's keeping you away from the manger this year the presence of God that authentic place of worship and adoration. What's keeping them? Today I want us to pray for those people that you felt, people that maybe is on your mind. I want us to pray for them as congregationally as a whole. I, I want us to pray for you because God wants all of you today and so if you'll join me as we pray Father we thank you that you are worthy you are worthy of praise but you're worthy of our worship and I pray for each individual not in this room that you put on our hearts we pray for them we cry out for them in the name of Jesus that this year, whatever is separating them, shame, rejection, loneliness, whatever it may be, Lord, we ask in the, your name, Lord, that you would meet them and draw them to the manger this year. Use our lives if necessary, but we lift them up for they not to miss the Christ child this year. And God, I pray and we pray for one another. Lord, that to, today we lift up 
honestly where we stand with you. And we ask, we, we humbly cry out for you to touch us, Lord, to pull down the walls, to heal us, Lord, and, and to mend what needs to be mended. And Lord, let us fall before you and worship you, Lord. Let us bow down in our spirits to you who are great and you who are the lover of us. We thank you for this morning and that reminder through Scripture that we're to walk in faith through so many things and where you guide, you provide, and nothing's impossible with you. May we leave here with that in mind and let us worship you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Make sure and hug somebody before you leave. We're taking the mission field. Go in his peace and his strength. God bless. Mm -hmm.